This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems, and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy, and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community so no one has to go through this alone, empowering each other to find our way out of burnout and overwhelm. We will explore how my mindfulness and productivity systems framework can help you combine the energy of mindfulness with the scientific principles of habit building and your unique systems of productivity. My framework is designed to help you find clarity, design your dream life, and create your transformation. We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 58. During the month of April, we are exploring all about time and the magic of making time work for us. So far, we have talked about how to reclaim your time and explore your thoughts and beliefs on time, as well as exploring how do you create your mindful day by implementing three key mindfulness rituals, aka habits. I hope that you've had a chance to use some of those tools that I've shared in reclaiming your time and living in our own unique zone of genius, which is really where we are the best, that we can give our best. That's when we are utilizing our time most efficiently and productively. We're going to expand on this further today and talk about what it means to identify and break through your distractions, the things that keep you stuck in procrastination cycle, and ultimately keep you from achieving your goals. Today, we're going to chat a little more about what is productivity? How do we build focus? What does distraction truly mean? And I'm going to be sharing some amazing nuggets of wisdom from authors such as Michael Hyatt and Nir Eyal from their work in productivity and how to be indistractable. I love how Michael Hyatt has described productivity as a way to build freedom to pursue what's most important to you. And it's so true. We think of productivity as a way to do more, to achieve more, to add one more thing that we can cross off our to-do list. But really, the true objective of productivity is the freedom to pursue what is important to us. Now that we have uncovered another layer of what productivity can mean in our lives, I wonder, what does it mean for you? I'd love for you to explore that in your mind. What would it look like if you were pursuing What is most important for you? What would your days look like? What are some of the things that are currently in your day that you might not be doing? And what are some things that you might pursue instead? Or maybe you don't even pursue anything additionally and taking some of these things off of your day will create an element of play, rest, and recovery. So I'm going to leave that there for us to explore. What are some changes that we might make in our lives. Now, when we explore what focus means, especially in this world of chaos and distraction, 
there are so many factors, so many data points, so many requests and our time, our attention, things cluttering our mind, our physical space, our lives. When we explore this space of trying to accomplish an endless list of things, and we think that somehow as soon as this week is over, this month is over, maybe even this year is over, that somehow things are going to get easier or better. But the reality is this has become a lifestyle. We are constantly trying to put out fires, trying to multitask and trying to get as many of these activities, these tasks done that we don't even have time to reflect. What exactly are we trying to do? There is another layer of productivity that we're not even getting to explore. When we look at our actions, it is not just about the actions that we have taken. It is also important to examine what are the actions that we didn't get to take? What are the dreams or goals that we didn't get to pursue? Not just because it's another item on our to-do list, but because this was the item, the big thing that we wanted to do, but we just were never sure we would have enough time to do it. So we run around doing little things, the things that are easy to do, that we can easily cross off of our list. And when it comes right down to it, we are left overwhelmed, distracted, and exhausted, unable to pursue the bigger items on our list. So when we think about building focus in our life, I love his system of stop, cut, and act. I've explored this in the podcast previously, but I really love the way that he has explored each of these elements. So I'm going to review them with you so we can explore them to see how is this going to work in our lives. When he talks about stop, it's really an opportunity for us to build clarity on what we want. Why is productivity important to you? Why are any of the things on your list important to you? By building clarity, it makes us evaluate, first of all, is this something that we want to do? It also gives a space for us to evaluate how do we activate our stop button in our brain? How do we take time off? How do we build rest and recovery? Time to play, hang out with our family, exercise, the things that we have given up in our pursuit of productivity, the things that we have forgotten since we were kids, but we forgot in that pursuit that we aren't robots. We aren't computers. Our brains weren't ever designed to run nonstop. We were actually designed to explore, to explore our thoughts, to be creative in how we spend our leisure time, to do nothing and rest. And I'm not talking just about sleep here, but to truly rest where there is no expectation on our brain. There's definitely plenty of data out there to support how people who take vacations and who build rest, leisure, play, et cetera, into their lives really builds a deeper layer of creativity and productivity because it allows us to reconnect back to our purpose, to embrace our journey, to connect with those around us. As humans, we are so social creatures. Even in ancient times, we lived in tribes because of how important that connection is to our humanity. So if you were to hit that stop button to reflect and clarify what is it that you want and why is it important to you to schedule that rest, 
rejuvenation, play, and leisure, would that create in your life? I want you to explore specifically what this might look like in your life. Write down a few ideas, put them on your calendar. Because the next step is to cut, looking at what are things that we can eliminate from our life? Are there things that are in our schedule right now that really just doesn't need to be done? Sure, it would be great if we could do 20 things in an hour, but acknowledging our humanity again, coming back to what is the one thing you want to focus on? And let's look at those 19 things and see what can you eliminate and just say, this is just not the time. What are things that perhaps we can delegate? Maybe these are things that need to get done, but we don't need to be doing them. Is there someone else who would be better served either at work or at home who can do these things? And if you are not able to eliminate or delegate something, then look at how you can automate it. And by automate, I'm referring to habit building. What are things that you can create rituals and routines, such as creating your mindful day? We looked at three key mindfulness rituals, which are really habits that we layer one upon each other to make it automated so we don't have to keep thinking about it and building it every single day. And the last step is to act. We've talked about how action is to create clarity. So it brings us back to that first step again, just understanding what are the things that we have identified as being important and important enough that we do it. Now, how do we take action on it? What are ways that we can automate this, that we can build rituals and habits that allows us to take action without having the million thoughts that typically keep us stuck and in the procrastination phase. Thoughts of, I don't know, do I really want to do it? Maybe this is not important. Maybe this is not what's going to actually get me to, to my goals, etc. We have to trust ourselves. We have already put in the time to create clarity. We have allowed the magic of rest to kickstart our creativity and our unique zone of genius. We have removed everything that is not pertinent. And now we're finally at the point where we're ready to take action. So spending time here, second guessing ourselves and doubting ourselves is really our brain's way of just stalling. So it's okay to call BS on that and say, that's not going to happen. This is what I've decided and I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to do it by creating a plan on how this is going to go. So I have shared previously how I create a quarterly plan, which is what I plan to do for three months at a time, just my big goals, what I hope to achieve. And then I break it down. So a lot of the clarifying, the eliminating, the delegating really happens in that phase. And then I take my big ideas, my big plan, and I break it down over time, over those three months. I create some general monthly goals, and then I break it down further into weekly goals. I create what my week would look like. And what this really helps me to plan ahead of time is what are the time blocks 
that I'm actually going to take massive action? And what are the time blocks that I'm going to have rest, play, family time, social friends and community time? It allows me to plan ahead and intentionally choose what I'm going to do with my time. And by creating chunks of time dedicated to the areas that I really want to focus on, it helps me cut back on the distractions that inevitably come up and We'll be talking a little bit more on distractions in just a few minutes. It also helps me understand what are some of the obstacles or limiting beliefs, the way that we self-sabotage, what are some of the ways that this might be a problem and create areas to support myself through this. So when I do my weekly check-in, which I do on Thursday evenings, that's just the time that works for me. You can pick Friday afternoon. Some people pick Monday mornings. I love Thursday evenings because it allows me to figure out what are the ways that I need to wrap up the week. So it gives me Friday to wrap up a few things if that's what I want to do. And if I've really finished everything that I wanted to, then I get to enjoy my Friday if I'm not scheduled to be on call or at work. But without that, Friday is a flex day for me. So I get to figure out what are ways that either I need to finish up something or I get to enjoy it as an extra time of rest. And it also allows me to have a clear focus for the weekend, which tends to be a busy time with kids and activities, and ultimately allows me to start Monday morning completely on track. So that's ultimately how I chose Thursday evening as a time of weekly reflection and planning. I start my reflection with considering what are my wins for the week? What are things that I'm grateful for? Number two is what were the obstacles or challenges that came up that week? Are there things that I can do differently for next week? Is there something that I need to do on Friday to prep for that, to complete something, etc.? And number three, what are the key areas that I want to focus on for the next week? And typically I try to keep this to two to three things and explore how do I break it down so I can set myself up for success? And what about all the other things, the rest, the sleep, the play, the connection, all of the things that we spoke about earlier. My calendar is really a guide for me to remember how I have intentionally chosen to spend my time. I used to leave white space in my calendar and, and white space was really important for me because I wanted unstructured time to just let it be what it is. All of our brains are different. So for some reason, my brain kept taking this unstructured time, this white space, making it mean that it's free time. So I should, of course, fill it up. And I found myself just constantly planning this empty space and then having it filled up by the time like it came around. And it might be things like my kids asking me for something or my workspace, my work requests or expectations from a multitude of other people who I love. And of course I want to help them or say yes. But I realized that I was not able to honor my own rest and recovery. So if you are one of those people whose brain rebels at the thought of empty space or open time, then I'd like to share my trick on how I have trained my time to accept this. And what I've done is I've actually reconfigured those blocks of time into blocks of rest or nap or leisure. And it's still unstructured. 
structured. But when I look at the calendar, what I see is two hours blocked off for leisure. And so that means I can't schedule something into it. It's not a white space. I know it sounds silly. You might get a little laugh out of it. I did too. When I first started, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, but it actually works. My brain is completely content knowing that my time is again, intentionally divided up, but there is, it's complete. And that means I cannot say yes to anything more for that week. Now, if something comes up that is really important, then I consider what am I going to say no to so I can say yes to that. The discussion has changed before my brain would say, oh, look, empty white space. Somebody you love is asking you for something. So you could say yes. You're not saying no to anything. But now I have to consider, okay, what am I truly saying no to here? I'm saying no to rest. I'm tired. Do I really want to say no to rest? Do I want to say no to leisure? Do I want to say no to social connections? If I do that, then is, is what I'm saying yes to so important on my hierarchy of life priorities? Is that so important that I'm going to say no to this? And it has really created clarity on what I'm saying yes to. So always remember that when you say yes to something, that you are automatically saying no to something else. And it's important to know what it is that you're saying no to. Because when we actually have to examine which of these are more of a priority, it again connects back to that clarity that we spent time to build in our mind, connecting back to where you're starting from. And ultimately, building your time blocks with intentionality allows us to wipe out some of those thoughts about time that we talked about a couple of episodes ago and reclaiming our time. We talked about, I don't have control of our time. I'm not that disciplined. I don't have enough time, et cetera. So instead of saying that, we are actually living proof of that we are creating. I have all the time that I need and I am in complete control and awareness of my time. I'm doing the things that are most important to me. I'm doing the things that helps me maximize my unique zone of genius where I am at my best. So I hope you'll explore this as a strategy to create your most productive week by first looking at how the past week went. What are you grateful for? What are your biggest wins? What are the challenges and obstacles that you encountered? And what have you learned from that? Not focusing on failure, not focusing on struggle, but really looking at what has this meant for you? What have you learned and built awareness on? And finally deciding how do you want to spend your next week, your next 168 hours? And how do you structure that by picking a few things that are important to complete that week by looking at where are your blocks for rest, play, connection and community, sleep, fun, growth, and getting them structured on your calendar. So you know exactly how things flow. Now, I know that there are lots of people for whom calendaring and having structured time is not as effective. That's just not the way their brain works. How you could use this is to look at maybe just putting a few things that are important to be scheduled and leaving the rest of them as white space, as a way for you to 
explore your time in an unstructured fashion by creating blocks where you are going to do your deep work, your productive focused work, you're actually creating the freedom to have all of that other time to be unstructured and completely open for exploration. So there are many ways to calendar, to explore, and to build your mindful, productive week. I want you to take a few minutes to just think, what is the way that might work for you? And honestly, the only way you can know is to try it. I thought I would love to have open space and unstructured time. And it took almost a year for me to recognize that it wasn't working because I kept trying to figure out other ways to make it work. And one week I just sat down and said, I really want this. Why is this not working? Like exploring my own brain to see how I could make this easier for myself. And I came up with a few ideas to try. And that's how my structured rest time came up. And once I tried it, I understood, oh, my brain just wants to know that, yeah, I'm doing something that's important. So I can say no with clarity to the other things that come up. So understanding, exploring, experimenting a little bit, all of these are just part of how we create our mindful productive week. Now, as we look at understanding how are we going to intentionally spend our time, one of the obstacles that commonly comes up for very many of us are distractions. You have your perfect day planned, you got all the things in order, and you're in the middle of your morning and you have emails come up, or you might have phone calls that come up. Maybe your brain starts wandering, thinking about what it's going to cook for dinner, or what are you going to do for your weekend travel plans, right? Does that resonate for you? Distractions are a multitude. They can come as far as physical distractions, things around us, including people. It can come as mental and digital distractions. So we could have the digital distractions make sense. It's the things like the beeps and the sounds that our phone makes, our emails, or our calls, our text messages, our social media, etc. But then even when we shut all that down and we're just sitting down, we're going to stay so focused, totally be productive today. Our mind starts wandering, thinking about different things and saying, oh, maybe you could just take a quick break and you could go do laundry. And then when you come back, maybe you can just read for a few minutes. You can really get into the zone and then you can come back to work. And there's lots of things that our brain offers as a way to distract ourselves. When we explore how to be indistractable, which is a term coined by Nir Eyal in his book, Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. I want to share a quote. As is the case with all human behavior, distraction is just another way our brains attempt to deal with pain. If we accept this fact, it makes sense that the only way to handle distraction is by learning to handle discomfort. Now, as a review, I want to just touch back uh, on our discussion on connecting to our thoughts, feelings, and actions. The universal truth is that our feelings are always coming from our thought in the moment. It's really our thoughts and our beliefs that allows us to interact and engage with our environment and create meaning within our human experience. Most of the time, we believe that our external circumstances, which is the stories that we tell ourselves about what is going on around us, that creates our feelings. But in reality, it is really our thoughts about our external circumstances that create 
appreciate our feeling in the moment, which is our lived human experience. As our thoughts generate our feelings in turn, trigger our actions and our actions create our results. So our results are always a reflection on our thoughts and not on our circumstances. So what does this mean? Procrastination, distractions, overwhelm, etc. are all ways that our brain tries to escape discomfort and a whole series of emotions that we encounter when we're doing something that is new or unfamiliar or something that's outside of our comfort zone, right? There are so many tasks that we do that our brain quantifies as being tedious or boring or scary and uncomfortable. And when we are doing these things, our brain, of course, is going to offer us anything to distract ourselves from that discomfort. So the secret to productivity, focus, and success in really living in our planned schedule time, the intentional designed time and life that we have created is learning how to manage our mind. It is learning how to manage our emotions. I want to share a new idea with you. It's something that I haven't really talked about very much on my podcast, but it is not a new idea in this world by any means. And this is the idea of urges, right? To have an urge is to have an intense desire to do something. Essentially, a distraction. I was recently exploring what it means to allow an urge and to go urge surfing. So let me explain. I want you to imagine this. Imagine that an urge is like an ocean wave. They're small when they start and then they continue to grow. When they come up to the beach, they crest and wash upon the beach and then it just goes away. So when you're sitting down to do a big project or do research for a problem that you're trying to solve at work, or even when you're exploring a problem that you're not quite sure of and trying to figure out solutions for it, it's our brain is going to experience that discomfort being in an unfamiliar space. When we're sitting down to do tasks that our brain might identify as being tedious, boring, scary, or uncomfortable, our brain will offer us an urge to do something else, something to distract us from this other emotion that we really don't want to experience. So it could be boredom, fear, anxiety, discomfort, any of those. Our brain says, imagine how fun it would be to just look at Facebook right now. You can just relax your brain. And then when you are done and relaxed, you're going to be so much more productive, right? Our brain is pretty sneaky. It always feeds into the thought that we're having. Like, yes, something else is going to help us do this hard work, this challenging problem. So this urge to open up social media or to eat a cookie or to watch Netflix, all of these, it swells and builds within us, gaining strength, gaining power and energy. Now, if we did nothing, if we just observed this emotion going through our body, then eventually this urge will go away. But in the moment, it feels intense and it feels like that's the only thing our brain can think of. Of course, 
course I will feel better. And then of course I'll be more productive when I'm feeling better, when I am relaxed, when I have had a chance to respond to a few more emails or respond to this text message, etc. But the reality is that urges, the more you feed them, actually the more they grow until they become a roaring dragon and they take over our time. So I want to, first of all, bust the myth that any of these urges, whether it's a cookie or Netflix, none of them are going to change our feelings. They are external circumstances and they're not going to create feelings of productivity and relaxation because our thoughts create our feelings in the moment. So we don't actually need any of those things to create the feeling that we want to have as we set to take the actions that we have identified as being the way that we want to intentionally spend our time. So let's talk a little bit about urge surfing. This is a concept that was created to help in addiction recovery by psychologist Dr. Alan Marlat. So urge surfing is a mental technique that allows us to observe, experience, and allow an urge without engaging in it. We don't have to feed it. We don't have to do what our urge is telling us, but we can still explore this and accept this within our mind and our body. So what would that look like? Let's explore that. The next time you are sitting down to do something and you have an urge to do something else, it could be anything. We all have our own urges, our own patterns of behavior. For some of us, it might be food. For some of us, it might be social media. For some of us, it might be watching TV or reading a book or even activities that you might identify as being productive. For some of us, we might distract ourselves with laundry or taking a walk. Doing something other than what we have planned to do is creating a distraction from where we are. So let's explore that. The next time you feel that, where you feel like you want to do something other than what you're sitting down to do, what you have planned to do, take a few deep breaths and connect to your body, connect to your mind by practicing mindfulness and self-compassion. We're able to observe our thoughts without any judgment, without any self-criticism. What is it that you're feeling right now as you have identified and recognized your particular urge pattern? Reminding yourself that this is just an old habit. This is just an old pattern of behavior, an old pattern of thinking. Nothing has gone wrong. These are normal feelings to have when you're sitting down to do something that your mind is just not familiar with. Can you identify, are there any physical sensations that are associated with this urge? And where is that happening? Where in your body? Just build awareness of it. What does that feel like? Does it feel tight or loose? Is there a temperature or color that is associated with this physical sensation in your body? As you continue to bring your attention back to your breath with non-judgment, with self-love and self-compassion, again, bringing your attention back to this urge. Does it change with your breath? Does it move anywhere? Just being curious and wondering what does this mean? What does this feeling like? Let go of any fear or anxiety that you may have connected over time with this urge. 
just allowing the sensations to ebb and flow, just like those waves we were imagining on the beach, connecting and embracing that you are exactly where you're meant to be. And with each inhalation, imagine the peace and joy that is flowing through you. With each exhalation, letting go of the discomfort and the fears until slowly you can feel this physical sensation drifting away, just like smoke just flowing out. And as you let go of this urge and bring your awareness back to the moment, being curious and present on what comes up. Are there any thoughts or feelings? Are there any images that are coming up for you? Just know that an urge is just an emotion that is looking for an escape, that is looking for a distraction, a way not to feel it, because that feeling is something that we are unfamiliar with. As we allow our, our, our body to experience our urges without feeding it, without doing what our brain is saying, oh, go do this to be distracted. As we allow the physical sensations to move through our body, experience that emotion, it allows us to understand that we are completely capable of handling any emotion, any discomfort, fear, anxiety, unfamiliarity, any of it. Despite what our overdramatic brain is telling us, we are completely capable of managing our mind. The next time you have an urge, I want you to write down what actually triggered that urge. What is it that happened right before the urge? that made you feel like you really need to get up and do this other thing. And as you journal and explore and understand and allow our body to physically experience these urges without feeding them and growing them into a roaring dragon, we build further proof that, yeah, we are completely capable, that we have this magical power of managing our mind. And soon you're even just able to identify the urge and say, oh, yeah, I I know you. It's just because this is uncomfortable. And yes, my brain says I should get up and do something else. And that's okay. That's normal. I'm just going to refocus. The urge itself loses its power as you access your body's inner wisdom, as you practice mindfulness, self-compassion, non-judgment, gratitude, right? All of the elements of mindfulness in helping us connect to what is it that I'm doing and how can I support myself through this? Because ultimately distractions aren't going to get me to my big, hairy, audacious goal, right? The dreams that you have, the things that you're working for and distractions, really just a way for our brain to escape from that momentary discomfort and we're trading it in for ongoing disappointment. So I want you to identify what actually triggers your urges when you are doing your deep work, your scheduled work and identify your distraction pattern. What are the things that you feel urged to do? A few moments of mindfulness, experiencing and allowing the urge to pass through will help us to break our habit of distraction and get back to our unique zone of genius where we are creating magic, where we're living within our strengths. So I hope you'll explore this as a way to really understand your brain a little better. When things come up in life, right? Overwhelm or distractions, disappointment, frustration. I invite you to be curious 
and just ask yourself, what is my emotion trying to communicate to me? Why am I feeling this emotion right now? What are my thoughts and beliefs about what I'm doing? If there is something that you're actually looking to change because you're not quite happy where you are, if procrastination is a problem, if you find yourself struggling with your urges where you want to do things and you feel like there's so many distractions around you, if you want to change the way your time is working for you right now, then I hope you'll explore some of these techniques because the reality is action creates clarity. When you take action, you're going to create clarity on what works and what doesn't work for you. If there's anything that I can do to help you with your time and productivity needs, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to support you. And if you want to take it even deeper and really apply this to your life, if you're tired of the excuses of being in the same place, place every day, having the same problems, not understanding or not knowing how to create that change, then I invite you to set up a time and talk to me. You can connect with me on social media. You can find me on my website, www.serenitywellnessmd.com. And you can schedule a call with me. You can find my scheduling link on the show notes so we can explore what this means to your unique set of needs. We can explore what are the places where you don't have clarity in your life, where you're looking to create changes, but you've been in the same place, stuck and overwhelmed. The first session is free where we really just explore what is going on and what are the things that you need to do to create that change, how to overcome the overwhelm. So this is not what we continue to experience on a daily basis. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then I invite you to explore this because the truth is nothing changes if nothing changes. I hope that you explore some of the questions and moments for reflection that I've shared today. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story, to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at serenitywellnessmd on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.